me fucking scoot back a little bit, I guess I'm fucking so I don't punch the microphone. <clears throat> Just the two of us do like the song. Just, Just the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we acknowledged it. Now Lance will get mad. It's the first day. That's how we should open it, actually. Just be with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Most important thing out of the way. <laughs> So yeah, um, welcome to Filmoscopy. I am your host for today's episode, Cody, and joining me is Owen. Yeah, solo man. It's just like I said, just the two of us. <laughs> minus we're minus a Lance today. Yeah, so, so Lance had um, he was teleported into the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He um, had some issues to deal with. (laughs) Uh, Jason Jason Blum called him up to say that he's remaking The Birds and needs Lance to play a role in it. Just like he's doing with it. I always thought... Oh, go ahead. So they make that... Is there really an Alfred Hitchcock movie called The Birds? Yeah. I'm thinking of that... You know that, like, B... Like, that's so bad it's good movie? I think it's called Birds something... Uh, birds, bad movie. I don't. So I think I might know which one you're talking about. The one you're talking about probably came out. Was Birdemic. It? Yeah, I'm thinking of Birdemic. Yeah. So the only reason I know of that movie is because John Tron did an episode. Um. Yeah. Talking about it, I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" <laughs> but it, it. I watched that too. Yeah, that that's like a cheap knockoff of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Okay, yeah, it says it's inspired by The Birds. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I think it's a lot better. You know, just you know. <laughs> well, the the original Hitchcock movie came out in the fifties or something, right? Like, um. Yeah, sixty three. I used to work with a guy who. He wasn't even old enough, I think, for to be alive when when that movie came out. But uh, he was probably born in the seventies. But he would swear up and down that the scariest movie he'd ever seen was The Birds, and <laughs> it's just like why? <laughs> Dude, no, he's scared of birds. So it's just a natural, you know continuation of this already entrenched fear yeah i guess i mean i think his argument was like you know if birds went crazy and really attacked people that's something that could like really happen you know as opposed to like it's more believable than you know ghosts or monsters or something coming they're just birds you could just fucking break their necks (laughs) (laughs) they're not even they're not even real they're just government creations used to spy on us right exactly dude they have (laughs) That's exactly right. They put chemicals in the water. <laughs> Turn all the frogs gay. <laughs> they turned all the birds gay. Oh man. Alright. <laughs> so So what what movie are we doing? Yeah, so today we are talking about the twenty twenty two uh surprise horror film Pearl. 
and the reason I say it was a surprise is I don't know if you remember from when we talked about X, but yeah, they did this like back to back or something. Like I know they came out the same year, so yeah, so they the turnaround must have been yeah. So I crazy if I remember correctly, the the deal was that during um, the production for X, uh, Ty West had started coming up with ideas for a prequel film. And during that filming, him and Mia Goth had started talking about like possible backstories for Pearl. And he, it ended, he ended up using a lot of those ideas for the script. And as I understand it, as soon as X was done filming, uh, they immediately began filming Pearl and they filmed it in secret. Um, yeah. So it wasn't even announced until... I believe the the full U.S. release of X in theaters, there was a post-credit scene, which was basically basically the first trailer for Pearl. And I think the turnaround was something like five or six months uh, in between, you know, bo- uh, releases in the box office. Oh, okay, yeah. Damn, that's pretty crazy. I wonder – so I, I just have this nagging question in my head, and I'm not sure if you would know, but – so a big part of this movie is, you know, the 1918 influenza, uh, Spanish flu pandemic. Um, I, I wonder if the, so this was filmed during COVID, right? Um, I wonder how much of them wearing masks was just like, um, you know, for the sake of them actually wearing masks, like, you know, for, for COVID's sake, um, and not just for set dressing. Um, I don't I don't think that's anything that can actually be answered, but I mean, I just think it's a funny idea. Yeah, I don't know because I mean they did. What what I'm reading here is that they did the principal principal photography um, did take place during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if. It could be because they were filming X during that time. It could have been that it played a part in inspiring, like, oh, what if we did Pearl's origin story during this this time of the Spanish yeah. Spanish flu? Um, but I, it doesn't say for sure. So, um, but it was it was a matter of like, I think it says that the reason that they filmed it back to back was that. Ty West had basically said something along the lines of, well, we have already gone through the COVID protocols to get this this uh, place set up and ready to go to film and be safe and everything. So why not uh, just go ahead and use it for a, for a second for the prequel movie as well? Um, gotcha. Okay. So. I mean, but I, I guess that's an important part to, I guess, talk about the movie when this came out, you know, and there's kind of parallels between what was going on in real life and kind of the COVID pandemic, even though it's just kind of, it's just paid lip service in this really. It's not any kind of like important element of the plot or anything. I don't think. Yeah. The, the biggest, um, the biggest impact impact that the, the pandemic of that, of that time has is that her, that Pearl's dad is basically, um, yeah, yeah, I I do remember. Uh, she can't. Uh, she get she gets in trouble for going out. I remember that. And yeah, so she, she goes has to like. Yeah, so she goes to town 
she gets sent to town to pick up more medicine for her dad who is sick and in a wheelchair because of the flu he had gotten sick from it before uh, okay he had gotten the flu i thought he was like um i don't know i thought he was just like had some kind of degenerative like mental condition or something no it's implied later on when when pearl uh tells her mom that she wants to go to that audition you know the same night that she sets her on fire <laughs> accidentally uh yeah um, yeah she says something like um the same sickness yeah or something like that and yeah it's like something she's like implying something mental yeah so she's saying like she says something like oh so you know is that what you want do you want to go around spreading the same sickness that you know did this to your father you want to go and spread that around the country oh uh, okay um i got gotcha. you because her her mother is basically she comes off as like very very i guess scared or defensive from the outside world right so you do have this pandemic yeah. going on and you know this is during a time where and they they imply this or they say this at um at some point in the film but this is a time where german immigrants were not really uh white yeah. well, there's there's just a general anti-german sentiment yeah um, right prevailing especially because of the, the war probably didn't help but this is also not i mean yeah i think this is only a few decades after germans really started immigrating to the united states anyway yeah. um yeah well it was a big part of it was world war one uh yeah um kind of before world war one a lot of I mean, this is just a dumb history tangent. It doesn't have anything to really do with it. But uh, prior to World War One, there was a lot of uh, German-speaking immigrants in the United States. There's whole towns uh, where the newspapers would be printed in German. But uh, after that, uh, after World War One, that was kind of uh, stopped. Yeah. So. so my understanding, and this isn't from any kind of recent research. This is from looking into this a long time ago. But my understanding is when the German when German immigrants started coming over here, because obviously this country has a bad history of you're not you're not the type of person who's already here so we don't like you you know the english did it to the irish and eventually when the germans came they did it to the germans but my understanding is when the germans came here they basically the people who were already here didn't want them living on the east coast or in the in the colonies and stuff that were already established right or the state yeah, i guess yeah, there were states by then but, yeah, most of them moved like Midwest. And right. Stuff. Yeah. So they they kind of like moved out to territories or you know at least the westernmost states of the time uh, because there wasn't really a whole lot of there weren't really a whole lot of people settled out there um, and they could yeah. you know make stake their own cl own claim or whatever to the land and all that. So yeah. um, I talked about it on a prior episode, but I know at least uh, my grandmother on my dad's side. Her her dad and his family were German immigrants in like the late eighteen hundreds, and yeah. they when they first came here, I believe they settled at somewhere in Indiana, and hmm. you know so obviously at that point you're already kind of like pushing west. I mean not it's Midwest, but still you know, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's cool. I I don't have any ancestors. I think who immigrated like any re more recently than like the colonial days so like you know all my ancestors are all like fucking been here for 
forever. Long, uh, long or got time. on the boat like way back in, yeah. <laughs> like and it, then they moved. Then 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 they moved to the mountains in Kentucky and drank moonshine and fucked each other and, <laughs> <laughs> and killed each other over pigs and stuff. So <laughs> it's actually funny. I have a I have a great grandpa who was in World War One, which I don't know. I just thought about it while I was watching this. You uh you point up to the sky and say, "This one's for you, great G." Yeah, I said, "Yeah, yeah, this one's for you." Hopefully, your wife wasn't uh this fucking crazy. Actually, his he and his uh him and my great grandma didn't get married until like after the war. Oh, uh, but um, <laughs> either way, I guess that doesn't pertain to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is what it is, you know. There ain't nothing wrong with us having a little conversation. Uh, yeah. So, I guess I'll go over the preliminary stuff for the film, as I usually like to do. Uh, I'm a little scattered brain today, so forgive me. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird not having Lance on for this, because I really expected him to be on for this one. So, I, I, was, I was prepared to answer whatever questions he had. And I really wanted to hear him, uh, like bitch about this movie. <laughs> but, uh, unfortunately I guess that won't happen. I wonder what question he had to ask me. I don't know if you remember seeing that in the text. Yeah. I don't know. Cause he had said something about wanting to ask you something about world war one. So, but I yeah, guess, I don't know what he meant. I guess just like how we'll never know how many licks it takes to get to the Tootsie roll center of a Tootsie pop. We'll never know what yeah. Lance's question was. Can we can we talk about the um most striking thing that when this movie opens, it's like um it opens like uh the old like an old Hollywood movie. You talking about how it like goes through the barn or whatever and then it like opens up and there's like the shot of Yeah, like the it has like that opening credit sequence and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's just kinda like uh I guess it says it here on the Wikipedia page even. This says Wizard of Oz kinda style yeah and i know um, i know when i mentioned when i mentioned this uh, sorry that that just reminded me of something else but when i had mentioned that i wanted to do this film to you guys i think i told you all that the way this film is shot i mean it's very much inspired by like 1920s 1930s hollywood right yeah and it it even has like the the color in it makes it look like yeah, it's like really saturated, like it's like it's like Technicolor. Yeah, it's like how they did with yeah. Wizard of Oz. You know how they went back and and added the color to it later on. Um, yeah. So it's just it's really cool the way that the, the way that it's shot and everything. There's several different scenes in the film that like when you when you see when they happen, it's like oh man, like this really does look like something that would have been shot from back then you know yeah it really it fits the movie uh really well uh despite it being kind of anachronistic um but it still really fits the movie yeah in in a weird way and it it helps with the horror as well Mm -hmm. because um even just thinking about the closing scene and stuff you know it gets real creepy Mm. Uh, with the way it closes and stuff. You talking about? So you talking about the during the actual credits where she's just sitting there smiling? Yeah, yeah. And then she like was like, yeah, starts like you know tears rolling down her face and you know like very. Yeah. That was like really good acting. I was actually like super impressed. You know, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the fact that it was good acting because it is a damn shame that she was not nominated for this for anything in the Oscars. 
But I mean, obviously, the Oscars typically ignore horror films anyway because they're a bunch of old geezers. Yeah. Uh, they don't like that, and they don't like animated movies either. Yeah, but it's like you know they added an animated category or whatever, just you know, basically like yeah, this will appease everybody. Well, I will put some fucking kid shows. Uh, I think the newest Pixar movie wins every time. Now, what what four hour <laughs> biopic are we gonna pick for best picture this time? <laughs> yeah, but it is this. I will have to. I have to say this film is my favorite horror film from last year, and mm-hmm. I think that Mia Goth's performance in it is excellent. I mean. Yeah, she does really like a really good job. Like it's um, she like she feels she she rides that line on being scary, but I guess kind of being sympathetic. Like it's yeah. it's kind of like a tragedy and a horror at the same time. Yeah, and there's there's a very she does a good job of making you feel that shift gradually throughout the film. You know, like mm, in the yeah. beginning. I mean, she starts out kind of like fucking crazy to begin with, but yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, there's certain. As it goes on, she slips. Right, and like whereas in the beginning, I think that you could say that you would have a lot more sympathy for her. And yeah, there's it's like she's a little unsettling in the beginning. It's like okay, something's you're not uh, you're not quite right, you know. But at the end, it's completely shifted. Where it's like to, for me anyway, it's like I do kind of still feel bad for her, but she has like gone full on psycho at that point. Yeah. She's losing her mind. There's, there's perhaps a. Is there perhaps a Psycho two, um, influence on this movie? You th- why I do you like? Why do you think Psycho two specifically? I don't know. I just feel like Psycho two is also one of those kinds of movies where it's like a, it's a horror, but it's like a tragedy at the same time. Like you're following this character, um, who you know kind of just slips. Um, his sanity kind of slips. Like you know, he's crazy from the beginning, but yeah, he's he's you know. he's gotten out of. I, I can see what you mean because in the beginning of Psycho Two, he's supposed to be rehabilitated, right? And yeah, you just see things happening to him that are kind of pushing him back um, to being how he was before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so everyone knows Lance <laughs> just sent a gif of of a man sitting alone. Uh, we should just force him to come in like halfway through. Yeah, I, I, I want to tell him like you can still call in. Uh, we have uh, a we have our first ever call in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, listen, folks, the calls are open on the broadcast. <laughs> I just want to say we'll be man, taking calls. I just want to say I love your show, man. I listen to it every night while I'm porking my wife. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the feedback man (laughs) that's real cool we appreciate it man (laughs) play some we need like a soundboard to play like some fucking like stupid sounds like a siren or some shit we got a horn wow that's so (laughs) so wacky wow (laughs) you're listening to 98.5 the tunes (laughs) oh man um so yeah, we're, what, what were we talking about? Uh, we just got done talking about the psycho, t- like how we, how I felt that there was kind of maybe a psycho two influence. Oh yeah, that's right. So before we go any further, let me run down the basic details because I still haven't done that. But so obviously this movie is Pearl, 
It is directed by Ty West. Uh, it is actually written by Ty West and Mia Goth. Uh, the movie stars Mia Goth as Pearl, uh, reprising her role as Pearl from the movie X. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. this this film takes place what sixty years or something before X. Yeah, she's um, not covered in fucked up makeup. <laughs> um, and she's not chasing after uh, 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 Kid Cuddy yet. I think. Yeah, I think that was, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the rest of the cast is. It, it doesn't have. There's not really a, a large cast in this film. Uh, David Corn. David Cornsweat is the projectionist. Never given a name. Uh, Tan- Tandy Wright is Ruth, who is Pearl's mother. Matthew Sunderland is Pearl's father. Emma Jenkins. Pearl- he does a. He does an outstanding performance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really, really next level. I mean, you. I don't know if you're joking or not, but his performance, I think, is pretty good for, for what the character is. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm just kind of uh, being an asshole, but no, he, he, does, he does pretty good. Cause especially, like, at the end where she's, like, really snapped, and he's still, like, you know, he's got to play that part of, you know, just bear, being basically a paraplegic or whatever, and... Mm-hmm he has like just this terrified look and he's like he's crying but he's obviously he still can't move and i think he does pretty pretty good with the role um emma jenkins perot plays mitzi who is howard's sister and howard is played by alistair sewell who he only shows up in the last uh what 30 seconds minute or so yeah yeah um who howard yes maybe like what one line i think yeah, he he walks in. Well, I think he's like, "Pearl, I'm back" or something like that. And then he doesn't he walk into the kitchen. Now, he may ask, he may say her name in like kind of like a terrified tone. Yeah, and he um, sees the disgusting pig full of maggots. Yeah, and he sees like the family, the the parents still sitting at the table, and they're all like rotting, and the food and stuff is still sitting on the table. It's all moldy and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that pig, uh, that that was really great um, effect. I don't know. It just looked disgusting. It probably, like, it probably did have like real maggots and like rotten food and shit in it. But it looked like they put like cat food in it or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't because yeah, I don't. I don't imagine that they used the real roasted pig. I mean, they could have um, a whole ass pig. They killed just... real animals in this. <laughs> the alligator looked really good too. Like, um, I mean, I mean, I'm willing to bet it probably was like an actual trained animal. But you know, all those effects are really cool. Yeah, here I'm seeing uh, Tia Gator play the alligator. And, nice. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Dude, I love the. Why didn't they get a? Why didn't she get a? Um, an Oscar. Yeah, I was gonna say Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> Grammy. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a small thing I have about this movie. I thought it was supposed to be set in the South, but it doesn't seem like it's in the South. It's set in Texas. Hmm. See, it doesn't feel like Texas, though. I don't so, know what it is about it. So here's the weird thing, the because f- this is the literally this is the same farm from X. Yeah. And in X, it did feel like Texas, but I think a lot of what helped was that obviously we have a a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies to uh, look back yeah. on and be like, oh well, that's Texas, and this feels like Texas because it it was inspired by. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Mm-hmm. And plus, plus, you've got like the Texas Rangers or whatever that are there in the at the beginning and end of the film, and 
uh, the, yeah. the the preacher. And less all of that. a, I guess there's less of a supporting cast in this also to kind of round out, uh, you know, to give you like a feel. Yeah, because of the the setting. Because it, it's like the only people in the film that speak that have like a Texan a Texan accent would be Pearl Mitzi. I guess the the guy that that's like running the auditions at the at the church, because even the obviously her mother has a German accent. The projectionist doesn't have a, a Texas accent. Um, being a bohemian as he self as he describes himself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can I can see it, and the town itself doesn't really reflect Texas, really. You know. Yeah, it just looks more like the Midwest. Yeah, and I think the saturation, the saturation of the colors, don't really help with making it feel like it's in Texas. And plus, you've got like the giant cornfield, which I know that there's cornfields in Texas. Hell, there's cornfields here, but when you see cornfields, you also kind of think Midwest, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it, it is set in Texas because this is the same farm, um, from the first film. And what really strikes me is like, you know, you were talking about the opening shot earlier. When the barn doors swing open, it's it's like night and day versus how the farm looks in X. Because this looks almost pristine on the outside, which of course the heavy yeah, color saturation. Yeah, it looks very inviting, which adds to that kind of theme, you know, with the, um, sorry, had the burp. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of adds to that that theme of like, a Disney movie or you know like a Wizard of Oz that's kind of going for yeah yeah whereas you know by the time when you see the farm in X it's like kind of run down it's you know I mean hell it's been in the family for who knows how long because that like I said that's probably 60 years later and this farm is what you probably think is probably already 20 years old or so You can call this the New World Order of Wrestling. Alright, in the last two weeks since we last recorded, I have been sick with a viral infection the last two weeks. I'm just now getting over it. Dude, you had Spanish flu. um, Well, Savannah has gotten three more fucking birds, so we now have four in the house. Oh my gosh. Hey, look, I love all these birds. They're adorable. Um... One of them is a pineapple green cheek conure. Her name is Noodles, and she's Yoshi's little uh, mate, hopefully. Yo, yo, I was going to say, then, is, Yoshi, uh, is Yoshi clapping those green cheeks? That's the question. Well, Yoshi doesn't know what the fuck to do. Like most guys, there at the beginning, you don't know what to do, unless you watch a bunch of videos. Because <laughs> uh, birds, from what I understand, uh, birds don't have... Um, the organs that most mammals have they both have holes they have a cloaca. so the male bird yeah did we say Owen? i said a cloaca uh, it kind of makes that noise the uh <laughs> the, the male bird gets on top of the girl bird they rub their holes together and then that's what happens well yoshi's trying to figure it out 
Noodles is um, kind of frustrated because he can't figure it out. And then by the end of it, Noodles is running away, and Yoshi is clamped onto her tail like it's a surfboard, being drugged along because he thinks it's fun. <clears throat> and now Savannah bought, um, well, short story. Somebody posted on this um, Facebook group called Clarksville Chat that there was this uh, really beautiful parakeet running around the public's parking lot. Like, it was it was definitely a pet parakeet, you know. And Savannah actually drove out there to try to find it, couldn't find it. So, you know, unfortunately, I think the bird didn't make it. It was in a public's parking lot next to Tiny Town Road, which is really busy <clears throat> here in Clarksville. And Savannah said, because somebody said they were going to go back and try to find it, and Savannah said, well, if you find it, I can home it because I have a spare cage. Well, some woman... Um, Mentions Savannah and goes, hey, I have two pet parakeets I'm trying to get rid of. Well, not get rid of, but she's trying to rehome them because she's about to have her third kid. She can't take care of it. <clears throat> and she gave us two little parakeets, a cage, and bird food, all for $15. And the only problem is these parakeets are like a year old, and I don't think they've ever left the cage since they've been bought. So they don't know how to really have human interaction, you know. <clears throat> so Savannah's been working with them the last couple of days. And then uh, before I got on here with you guys, I had started up my load of clothes to wash, and I got you know, I was I was spinning the clothes around to make sure you know because the washer sometimes sticks. I want to make sure sometimes it, it sticks, so I make sure I just spin it so it doesn't get stuck when it's, it turns on. So I got laundry detergent on my hands, so I went away to wash my hands. I turn around and Yoshi is licking the top of the laundry detergent bottle, which <laughs> had water on it mixed with laundry detergent and i'm freaking the fuck out so we're like two hours in he's fine he's over here literally fucking with noodles right now <clears throat> yoshi, so we're i think we're in the clear but yoshi set up a phone he was he was streaming he was like yo everybody what's up it's your boy yosh i'm about to do the tide pod challenge here we go <laughs> oh my god <laughs> dude this bird i mean i love yoshi with all my heart i never thought i'd love a bird like this but this bird is the definition of derp like, you look up, and you will see him. I mean, he'll just do the dumbest things and just look at you and like, hey, what's up? And like I said, when he's trying to have sex with her, he just clamps onto her tail, and she runs off, and he's riding like a surfboard. It's like, hey, what's up? He looks at you as he does it. He knows what he's doing. It's not like he's trying to figure it out at this point. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going to have fun. <laughs> so uh, so we're we're covering Godzilla 2014 today, right, guys? Uh, let me go ahead and just give a cliff notes. This was the first time I ever watched this movie. I had watched X. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I had watched X because Cody wanted us to watch X, and now watch this movie. <clears throat> yeah, I forgot to ask Owen, but I guess it's probably already been implied that Owen, this is Owen's first time watching this movie. Um, yeah. And for me, I, I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray, and I watched it then, and then this is, today was my second time watching it, so. Um, but. We've already kind of been discussing different things. We've just been, we haven't really been going through the plot or anything. We've just kind of been discussing random things. Um, so, what is. Oh, that's cool. I mean, you yeah. jump in. I brought up, I brought up like a Psycho 2 kind of felt like it had like kind of that plot mm -hmm. line. Um, we brought up how, you know, the cinematography, like the colors and it, uh, how it's it, inspired by, you can tell it's inspired by like those classic Hollywood movies and stuff it's, like it's that. It's very, like, very bright. Like it's it's amazing mm -hmm. because obviously it's the same set from the the first movie and how beat up it was to like right. how beautiful it looks now because obviously it's like 
what at that point 55 years you know indifference in the in the time frame yeah see that that is literally what we were talking about right before you joined so yeah you know it, it is like night and day that it looks all beat down and decrepit and stuff and eggs and then it it looks pretty new and pristine oh yeah in this mm-hmm. movie i mean yeah, it's it's, it's impressive what you can do with I guess just a little cleanup and a and a light filter, or you know a change of a change of color filter, yeah. and, a fresh coat of paint. Now let me ask you guys this: I sent this in the text yesterday, and I know Cody had said that you can tell this has, like I don't know, some of the musical scores have like a psycho influence, not like they stole it from it, but it's just I don't know, it's kind of like a, I had to watch Psycho to give you like a feel for it, but it's like um. Like a little bit of an orchestra musical piece, like throughout it, it's just kind of a constant part in this movie. When she's chasing her sister-in-law yeah. at the end, there's like a, a like a doom doom ching, and that's straight up from The Shining, and that's when Danny's having that vision of the elevator opening up and the blood pouring out, and that's mm-hmm. exactly like the scene that popped in my head when I heard that. I mean, oh, that's really cool. I don't know if that was intentional, if it was subconscious from the the people who did the music of this movie. But, you know, I mean, there's things about this movie that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and be honest, be up front. I'm not gonna, this isn't going to be negative because this wasn't Charlie and the Chocolate Factory bad. But this movie kind of bored me. <laughs> like. Yeah, so we kind of talked about that too. Like, like I told Owen, <clears throat> I figured whenever I picked this movie that you probably wouldn't like it. But I felt like Owen would probably like it because this is the this does fall into the category of sort of that art. It's it is more of an artsy horror movie, right? Like, um, whereas X is more of just you know seventies. What 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 exactly Expo- exploitation? Um, it's horror yeah, it's film. like a exploitation it's before, movie. It's yeah. before it. it the way that movie was, from what, because I, I got on Wikipedia, and you know, I'm not like going to be rude and not like trying to do my research in this movie. When I got on Wikipedia and looked at the X movie, that was kind of like an homage to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre era, which is before Halloween, yeah. and Halloween was like, I don't know how to, Halloween's like the grandfather or father of the slasher movies, even though it's not slasher, whereas like Texas. Yeah. Uh, Chainsaw Master is kind of like um, an inbreded uh, family member of Halloween. And when you watch it, you know, and the first first time I watched the first Texas Chainsaw Master, it was kind of unnerving to me at first. And then I watched it again with Savannah, and she was completely bored by it. And then I wa- when I watched it the second time, I found it more funny. Like, you know, what did you do to the door? Or, you know, some shit like that. I thought that shit was funny, but it wasn't scary. And, you know, when we did X, I remember Cody thinking I was going to enjoy the movie. And I thought, I'm like, okay, cool, it's a slasher movie. And then I watched it, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I got to have, like, this, like, six-foot-two, six-foot-three hulking, ugly motherfucker with a mask killing people for me to enjoy a slasher. You know? But I also like my cheeseburgers plain with cheese, and I don't like having ketchup that's not in a packet. So I'm a very weird person. <clears throat> Jeez, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe exploitation is the wrong. I mean, it kind of is right, but maybe grindhouse, grindhouse is probably slasher. the more correct term. That's what that movie is. That's 
Grindhouse, Grindhouse. Slasher. And this this movie is like Grindhouse is the house where I grind my nuts. <laughs> I, okay, together. now spoiler alert: <laughs> I've never watched uh, The Wizard of Oz, but yeah. Wait, you've never watched The no, Wizard I've of never Oz? Had just watching it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a movie where you kind of, at one point in your life, you're forced to watch well, it no matter uh, what. Put it uh, this way: uh, Ted Turner got the rights to that movie. Um, and around 1990, and he put a wrestler by the name of Kevin Nash in a costume and called him Oz. And I didn't watch it at this point, mm-hmm. at this, but I was like two years old. But see, so that movie is in heavy rotation. I think Ted Turner is actually the one that paid for The Wizard of Oz to be put in color as well. I wasn't watching like TNT and the classic, their TCM, which is the Turner Classic the- Movie Channel, which had that on. I was watching yeah. it probably TBS that had the Annie Griffith show with my parents. And my parents had watched it when I was younger. Yeah, I just the, never watched it. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. <clears throat> yeah. The movie was always in color. Oh, was though. it always? Like, it, it was in color. In, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was Technicolor. Um, it was like one of the – it's that and Gone with the Wind, and there's some other movie. <coughs> um, but those all those movies were actually shot shot in color. Um, which was like a big thing back then. That's why, that's why that and Gone with the Wind are like the highest grossing movies, of like fucking of all time. Uh, because oh, you know people in 1939 were like the colors. See, I thought I thought that I had always, I guess I thought that it was the color was added. Later. I did too. Obviously, for some reason I thought yeah, it, it kind of black and white. Yeah, it kind of that's because in the beginning it's black and white, and then when she goes to um, Wonderland, whatever the fuck it's called, the land. Yeah, he said the land. <laughs> um, <laughs> the land. <laughs> she goes to that land, boy. Um, that's because when she goes there, it, it becomes in okay. color. So you know, I, guess, I think I guess even when I was, sense, it, it does make sense then that it was. I'd always had color to it because <laughs> if it was in black and white the whole way through, that that part wouldn't really make any. Sense. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have that big of an impact yeah. whenever it Let switches me ask you over guys to this color. Yeah, if it was, if it was always in black and white, they'd be like, follow the yellow brick road, and they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just gray. <laughs> right, let me ask you. Let me ask you this real quick. Wizard of Oz. Did that come out in the thirties. Yeah, it came out in nineteen thirty nine. Okay, here's something really funny, because this is how my brain worked at the time. As I'm getting introduced to movies in general you know i have no time frame for um differences in like years at this point because i'm like 10 years old Mm -hmm. let me just and for perspective as well you know my favorite wrestler growing up was the ultimate warrior and he had the greatest head of hair ever in wrestling like cody has a great hair of hair so when he kept coming back his hair never changed but everybody else's hair you don't realize it till you start losing hair everybody loses hair except for him so it's a bad thing, a bad like concept of time for myself. So my grandmother is introducing me to the slasher movies, Friday the Thirteenth, you know, Halloween, and of course I'm building up this kind of um, this world in my head of all these movies because I hadn't seen them yet. I've only seen like one of them at this point. And then she told me about Psycho, <clears throat> and I had never seen Psycho before, and I had, I think I seen Psycho two first before I seen Psycho. Well, Psycho two's in color. And then at the beginning of that movie, they have a, a scene from the first Psycho movie, and it's in black and white. And I'm over here thinking, man, that movie's so old, it's in black and white. So I'm over here thinking, like, something from the 60s is old because it's in black and white. Then I start finding out there's movies from the 50s and then 
now, obviously, I'm today years old when I found out that The Wizard of Oz was actually shot in color, that something 30 years before that was already in color. It just shows you how cheap Alfred Hitchcock was. So I'm over here thinking, like, 1960. Was 1960 the first movie? Like, this is how stupid I am as a 10-year-old. Yeah, I mean, the the old Tom and Jerry shorts were always in color um, from the 40s and stuff. Those are always. Yeah, but that's, that's like, a little I mean, that's, that's not as impressive, of course, but I mean, you know, still. Well, I mean, I, I honestly, I grew up watching um, reruns of the Andy Griffith show, which came out in like 1960 to like 67. And the first five seasons in black and white, and that's the best episodes. They turn to color, it yeah. turns to shit. Well, you know, I, think, I also yeah. grew up watching the Three Stooges, and they're in black and white, and they're from the 30s. And now wonder, someone recolored them one time, and it's like, God, this sucks. So I don't, you know. I'm I wonder if those were in black and white, though, not because of a budgetary thing, but because when those were coming on TV, most people probably yeah, didn't most have people don't have colored TVs. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I mean, Andy Griffith, and like I'm, I, I watch a lot of Perry Mason, which also came out in the same time as Black and White. I mean, I think it's a lot cheaper to produce a TV show then. In black and white, like the Three Stooges, that was all black and white because those were actually shorts, which are like 15, 20 minutes, that were shown in a movie theater for people to go watch at the time before they got into syndication later on. And I think it was just cheaper. I know Hitchcock, when he did Psycho, he had to do it in black and white because he was funding the movie himself. Nobody would fund the movie. And he was using his television crew from Alfred Hitchcock Presents to do the movie Psycho. So that was the reason, but see, I'm just, you know, just the 30, like the 30 years before Psycho, like my first experience of an old movie in black and white, there was already a movie in color, so I didn't know that as a kid growing up. But like the way this movie, like the way they do the filter in this movie, it pops and, you know, everybody's wearing, well, especially her, her dresses are very like, they pop in color. It's like, it's a very bright maroon or it's a blue that she's wearing or whatever, and you know, I think Maya Goth is a very good actor. You know, actress. I think actor. It don't matter. I just, I don't know, man. This movie. I guess because I just wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of X. Not in the fact that I thought it was a bad movie. I just, it didn't bring me any kind of like, oh man, like intrigue into this movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like when we watched, yeah. um, like when we watched The Fugitive. You know, Owen said, you know, the first, like, minute into the credit opening credits, you were, like, sucked into the movie. Or when we watched, um, I don't know, I guess Apocalypse Now. Or really The Godfather. Freddy Got Fingered. I'd really say, like, The Godfather, because I went (laughs) in that movie thinking I was going to be bored as shit. And then it just drew me in. I love The Godfather. But then The Godfather 2, which is, like, held it as one of the greatest movies of all time, not only just the greatest sequel, I f- was bored by The Godfather too, so it's really weird. And like, I don't know, like this movie's really well done. I don't know why I just don't like them. To be honest with you, I think it's because it took over a fucking half of the movie for somebody to die. die. Yeah, we 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 kind of theorized about that because I went back and looked at the timestamps of um, the text you were sending, where it's like, you know, this movie ain't it. And judging by that, and when you reference her killing her sister-in-law. I, I kind of estimated that you were probably only about 30 or 40 minutes into the film when you sent that first text. Uh, and nothing think, nothing intense really happened. I say about I think 45 minutes. I think you're about right. Yeah, so I think the only death that happens at that point is the goose at the beginning. 
Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I mean, look, I get it. She's psycho. She's going to kill animals and shit like that. I don't yeah. think you have to kill a fictional animal on screen to draw any kind of emotions out of the crowd anymore. Just quit doing that, people. I don't need an animal dying. It's make-believe. Animals die in real life. I don't need to see that in make-believe. So, that's just my gripe about that. And, of course, I saw she fed the gator, which I thought was really fucking stupid. But, you know, she's like, hey, gator, or whatever her name is. And then it does a freeze frame on the gator biting the goose. <laughs> and that's the opening credits of Pearl. I'm like, oh, my God. God. And it's written, it's yeah, really yeah. funny because the credits are written like it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, that kind of uh, yeah. Alex almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some shit I laughed at, don't get me wrong. Like when she's uh, about to kiss the scarecrow, and she's like, I'm buried! <laughs> the scarecrow <laughs> is like weird. Like the way they had it designed. Um, it, it looked like, like a real like actual skin. <laughs> yeah, I thought its eyes were going to open. Um, at one point, I did too. Kind of, I did too. Hold on, guys. I mean, I, 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 I guess it was. Right. I guess it was supposed to like be, uh, you know, like reminiscent of the Wizard of Oz scarecrow. Yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, and uh, obviously this movie isn't as uh, sex forward as X is, or like yeah. I assume Maxine will be, um, because it's really the only the only scenes really revolving around that or is the scene with the scarecrow uh when the projectionist shows her the the french porno and yeah. now that was like, part was awesome he's like i'd like to see you on that screen someday and uh <laughs> in that and, in that video let's let's actually get a green screen up and put you in there <laughs> <laughs> Pull, pulls out his real quick his question eye. yeah no, well, let me get because uh, I, I, I agree with all that. That shit's funny, and, and I love that French porno myself. Um, <laughs> Savannah might listen to the episode. She might. Savannah might listen to this part of the episode and be like, "What the fuck?" You know, because um, you know when I talked about, uh, you know, the most legendary cock on TV on movie screen in X, uh, Kid Cudi or whatever his name is, and I was like, "This dude's Cuddy, dick is yeah. huge." Three people that I know that listened to the episode looked it up, and they agreed <laughs> with me, and Savannah was one of them. <laughs> she goes, I had to look it up because you kept talking about it. I'm like, dude, it's impressive, is it not? I mean, that thing, I'm not even scared of it. It's like a work of art, and the thing's hanging between his knees. Yeah. But um, do you guys – okay, there's supposed to be German immigrants during World War One, mm-hmm. but she talks like she's a simple handmaiden from Tennessee still. Like, she still kind of carries this redneck accent, and it's like, I, aren't you supposed so, to be, like, German? N- no, so here's here's my theory about that. I think that her her parents are definitely German immigrants, but I think she was probably born in the United States, and she probably, she yeah. more than likely went to school in that town. So, you know, like... Okay, that makes sense, though. Yeah, I, was, she she, I just she thought about that right now. I'm like, wait, they're German. I don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, because think it, think of it hey, this way. Think She's like Guten Tag, Guten Morgen, Schwiegen, Morgen. My dad, my dad is from Kansas, right? My biological mom is from California, and then my stepmom is from Mexico. So obviously, none of them have Southern accents. But I. So do are you trying because... to tell me you're the you're you are their Bermuda Triangle? 
<laughs> well, cause I was I was born here and grew up here, so I have a Tennessee accent, just like yeah, Tennessee yeah. whiskey. Oh. Now, real uh, quick, Cody, because we 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 discussed this, and I I still find it interesting talking about the past family and all that. But your your German family immigrated to Kansas during World War One, didn't they? No. So, well, no, they wouldn't have because. My grandmother was born in 1933, and she was born in Indiana. And then it was just it was a few years after she was born that they moved to Kansas. So okay. when they immigrated to the United States, they they first settled in Indiana, and that would have been the late 1800s, whenever they first. Oh, gotcha. So it was way before any of the World War stuff. Yeah, um, that's that's on my dad's, my grandmother's side, on my dad's, my dad's side. And then my dad's dad, uh, he's also from German descent, obviously, because of my, you know, you can tell by my, what my last name is. But um, his family, I think, immigrated here in the, it was like 1870s or something like that. So. Okay. Um, so you're deep rooted. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this before. I just, for some reason, I just remember <clears throat> us talking about, um, like, for some reason, World War One era because i know my my grandmother obviously i talked about her she i mean obviously my great-grandfather was a nazi soldier because he was missing in action during the war and she was born in east prussia not united states and then his my dad's dad's family you know he was born in missouri and he was full-blooded german my grandfather mm-hmm. so at some point i mean he was born in 39 or 38 so if he was born in missouri they had to have been there before that you know i think because he had a lot of brothers and sisters so i'm assuming it was between world war one and world war two that they immigrated to the states now quick question to owen now um the future crypt keeper is in world war one right now he comes back at the end of the movie (laughs) and i say crypt keeper because he has the long hair and he's bald on top and he's like yeah Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a he huge gets stick off, right there. Yeah, yeah he gets all flustered. Yeah. Like, my, my word, son, that's a, that's a mighty big hog between your legs. <laughs> like, Let me get a taste of that. <laughs> you know, what's really funny, because Cody, Cody will uh, verify this, because he showed this to me. It was uh, an old um, skit, not skit, or bit that they did on Kind of Funny. Yeah, <laughs> where uh, <laughs> where it was animated for me, and this guy was like, you know, Thor's hiding in his closet with a glistening hog between his thighs, and he's like, "Don't tell your mom I'm in your room." And Kid Cudi's penis is like an unironic, realistic interpretation of that bit. <laughs> Just there, this glistening hog, you know. But I, to get off the penis talk, I was kind of curious about this. Because I did my research on this, which was I went to Wikipedia and I read the first two paragraphs. Uh, Owen, how bad was the bad side of World War One? What the fuck were they fighting over? Uh, what do you wait? What do you mean? Yeah, World War One. Okay, well obviously yes. World War Two, we fought the Germans because they were allied with Japan. Japan burned bomb Pearl Harbor, but the Germans were doing really fucked up shit to the Jews and everybody else in Europe. What was yeah. happening in World War One because they weren't fascist yet? Uh, you mean like why did we get involved? 
Well, well um, yeah, general overview of the war. Just just give me oh, like, your um, first two fight well, first two well, the war it's the war well, kicked off because the the some some guy from the Ottomans or whatever was assassinated. Uh, right? Yeah, like, um, a Serbian ultranationalist named uh, fucking something Prince uh, assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand, uh, who was uh, the Archduke, um, who was one of the Archdukes of the Kingdom of Austria-Hungary. Um, it, it, <laughs> so the, the World War One started. It's really. It's not really confusing, but you know, a lot of people say it's confusing because a lot of it's just like European um, treaties and shit. So um, Germany and France had been in each other's throat for a while. They wanted to fight for a long time because of the Franco-Prussian War in the 1870s. So they wanted to like a piece of each other, you know, for a while. Um, Austria, Austria-Hungary was having issues um, with the Balkans and like you know some uh, like. Slavic people like in East Austria-Hungary wanted their freedom. They didn't want to be part of the empire anymore. So all that shit happens. Um, um, but so there's a second country called Serbia. Serbia um, arms these militant terrorist guys to go assassinate basically the Archduke of one of the Archdukes of Austria-Hungary. Um, this pisses off Austria and they like, fuck you, Serbia. Um, basically we're going to invade you um, Russia is buddies with Serbia um, so Russia's like hey if you invade Serbia we're coming to fuck you up um, and, but the German Empire who's buddies with Austria-Hungary because they're both kind of German um, is like hey Austria-Hungary we'll back your ass up you know if you fucking invade Serbia if you tell Serbia to fuck off and get in a war with them we'll we'll fight Russia too um, and then France is like, hey, we're buddies with Russia. So Germany, if you do that, fuck you. Um, and then Italy's also like, Italy's like, hey, uh, we're buddies with, um, we're buddies with France and um, and Russia. So you guys are fucking lame. We'll beat the Man, shit what out a of you. Heel turn because like, not, like <laughs> yeah. twenty, like twenty, thirty years later, Italy's yeah, then, like, now we're on the bad guys now. <laughs> yeah, they 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 turn co. Um, they're the and third, they're the third, third man. man. Yeah. yeah, they're the yeah. third man. Italy's the third man. They're like, and they're like, all of a sudden you hear like World War II is going on, and here comes Italy, and then there's like uh, one neutral wait. country's like, who's the third? Is he the third man? <laughs> it get, it gets better too because uh, Japan um, is I think buddies with the Allies too. I forget exactly why or how, but they also fight for the Allies in World War One. Um, but all the while, Britain is sitting on their island, being like, ha, as long as you guys don't fuck over Belgium. Uh, which is a country between Germany and France. Now, Germany has a conundrum. They can't uh, invade France, which is what they really want to do, because they just want to fuck over France because they're still pissed off. Um, But France has this really big defensive line on their border between Germany. So Germany's like, fuck no, we're not going to do that. Um, We're going to go through Belgium (laughs) instead. (laughs) Um, So they go through Belgium, and they fuck up Belgium. You know, they do what invading armies do. Um, and Britain gets super pissed off about this and says, that's it. We're fucking going to war. Um, so Germany tries to rush in and get to Paris as soon as possible uh, to fuck over France and take it over. Um, but France and Britain uh, basically stop them dead in their tracks. 
Um, and then they try to counteroffensive, and then they get stuck, and nobody makes any movements because people have machine guns, but there's no tanks, and there's no there's there's airplanes, but they're fucking you know basically useless uh, for like you know combined arms support, um, you know, and there's there's gas. Um, basically, technology has outproduced the ability to be able to get around it. You know, there's people have mortars and machine guns and shit, but there's no tanks or anything or armored vehicles to get around that kind of shit. Um, so basically, the Western Front becomes a standstill, and the Europeans fight each other. Um, for like four fucking years uh, and nothing changes and then at the end of the war towards the end of the war um, Germany all the while has been doing I mean you could you could probably cut all this stuff out Cody but uh, no, I mean, I, I'm, tra- I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to really briefly do it but it's it's super complicated um, but so all the while during the war Germany has been doing uh, something called unrestricted submarine warfare uh, which is basically where uh, you know what a submarine is. Um, no. So it, in World War One, <laughs> that's a. So in World War One, uh, Germany had a bunch of submarines. They didn't have. Uh, they actually had a pretty big navy at the time, but they didn't want to. I think they tried to do like one navy uh, battle at the Battle of Jutland, and they kind of got their asses kicked by the Brits. Um, so they're kind of stuck using submarines, kind of like how they were in World War Two, where they were just stuck using submarines. Um, so they use submarines, and their plan is that they're going to starve the Brits out um, by doing unrestricted submarine warfare, which is basically where you just sink merchant shipping. Um, that any sh- any merchant shipping that goes to Britain, they're basically going to sink it. Um, this pisses America off a lot uh, because they're sinking uh, ships, you know, that are our merchant ships. They're sinking Americans on passenger ships and stuff like that. So we tell Germany to stop, or we're going to get pissed off and join the war. Germany stops. Um, and we still join th- the war. No. Here's what happens. Uh, I forget exactly why, but Germany starts doing it again. Um, and they sink the Lusitania. Uh, and the Lusitania had a pretty good amount of Americans on it, and that really pisses America off. And then after that, we find out that there is a telegram letter that the German foreign ambassador to like Mexico had sent to like the Mexican president that said... Um, he was like, hey, if you invade the U.S., uh, we'll back you up, and you can take uh, Texas and California and shit back. Uh, of course, uh, Mexico's like, this is fucking stupid. Why would we do that? Uh, Texas and, like, lower California and New Mexico is, like, full of rednecks who have guns, and also we're in no position to do that because we're really poor at this point. Uh, but that letter gets, uh, like, found out uh, by the American public, and now we're really pissed off. Uh, so then we declare war on Germany, and then we get involved into it and then we're in the war for like a year um and then germany signs the armistice and ends the war uh i, I mentioned my my great great grandpa was in world war one um but the funny thing is is he didn't really he was in he was in an infantry unit um but he only saw combat for like a week um because he got put on like the Meuse Argonne line, which was like an area where there's pretty heavy fighting, like on the last week of the war. And on the the day that they were going to sign the armistice, his his unit, like his regiment, was supposed to like spearhead like an assault into like uh, some German lines or something. But then they ended the war. So <laughs> Jesus, they're talking about getting lucky, man. I mean, yeah. Look, I, it's cool and all if you survive a war after like five years, you got all these horror stories to tell people. Yeah. But I'd rather be like, you know, 
I I'd rather be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you, and then you come home and do what he does and like join the VFW and get those benefits and shit. You'd just be like, yeah, you and, know. And not really have like the emotional scarring because, you know, I mean, I, I go back to it, but fucking Vietnam fucked up everybody that was in it. And, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. I was just curious because this movie's like 1918. She's like World War One. I'm like, look, we all know about World War Two. But let me just ask Owen about World War One. He goes, well, it's not really complicated. And then fast forward 25 minutes, and he's <laughs> yeah. You can you can chop that out and put that as like a make it no, 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 just like no, speed no. history. And we're gonna leave that in there. Now, literally, I'm like, hey guys, I'm on the podcast. Owen goes, okay, this is World War One, and it's been 35 minutes later. So you know, it's cool. Not um, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. It's like, okay, I was just curious how all that shit worked because. I know after that, Germany's economy was, like, kind of fucked. And that's how Hitler weaseled his way in their politics. Because he's yeah. in the fascist party and shit. And he was like, yeah, this well, be a better a, life. A big reason why Hitler got into power is because the Germans believed. So, like I said, they didn't... We didn't invade Germany and kick their asses like that. They just signed... Like, the civilian government signed the armistice. The army was still out there fighting, like, the day they were signing the armistice and the shooting stopped. So they had this myth after the war uh, that's kind of like the Confederacy lost cause myth a little bit um, where they were like, hey, we weren't beaten like militarily. We were just, you know, stabbed in the back by politicians. Um, and they said that the politicians were like communists and Jews. Um, and that's how Hitler got into power because uh, he okay. exploited that. Yeah. Was Russia prison. at this point communist in World War One? Uh, no, there's actually a funny story about that. It's the Germans' fault that Russia's communist because they put Lenin on a train to Russia. So Germany was scared that they were going to get their asses kicked by the Western and, and Ru- Western allies and Russia. Um, so they tried to get Russia out of the way because Russia was already having issues with their Tsarist, like, you know, their royal family. Everybody hated the royal family uh, in Russia pretty much. Um, so Germany exploited that. They sent Vladimir Lenin on a train to Russia and made him basically start the whole communist movement as the story goes. I mean, there's probably more to it, but that's the rough outline. Holy shit, man. Hey, dude, dude, fucking Owen knows so much about history. I swear. I wish that's... I was like, like in college when you were in college and I could have asked you for help in history shit. So, uh, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, so let's sorry go back to that. our, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I was just curious because I'm like, well, hell, we're never going to talk about World War One anyway. So this is a perfect opportunity. Like, you know, the Crypt Keepers in World War One, while his old lady is fucking the the movie theater guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I like, you know, this dude. Then he shows up. Cucks. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> then they recorded it. Um, <clears throat> this guy's like, you know, trying to charm her and shit like that, and I'm like. That's like every like movie theater manager ever for every girl he sees, like outside <laughs> movie theaters. Like, hey, you want a free movie and shit? You know, I'm like, man, this shit's kind of real life. It's accurate. And I like how so, she's like, do you stay here all the time? He goes, well, I don't stay anywhere all the time. Because he's trying to be all like, like he is, um, what do you call it? Um, bohemian. Yeah, bohemian. Like, well, it's, <laughs> he's, he's trying bohemian. to seem himself like super interesting. That motherfucker probably... Has never left the state. He said. He said, you know? "I'm what I'm <laughs> he what went most to France." He said, "I'm what most civilized folk call bohemian." Is this the bohemian real Rhapsody. life? Yeah. Okay, because I'm a I'm uncultured swine here. What does bohemian mean? Like a gypsy? 
Um, it's like a lifestyle where you're kind of like carefree, um, basically. Um, I don't think oh, it means so, anything related to so like his, pa- so his parents thing. pay all of his bills. You mean carefree? Yeah, that's what like modern <laughs> bohemians are. Like they they have rich parents, so they can afford to just dick around and waste their time. Interesting. I like he shows um, her this porn film. He's like, you know, she's like, you weren't gonna take me to Europe, were you? I'm like, dude, I, you got the sex. Was it worth it? <laughs> I, I do. I do want to say that I am surprised, like, because most most times horror films when when the victims come across the psychos or whatever, um, they are very dumb with how they how they are handling the situation. Both the projectionist and Mitzi, I think they actually try. They do it very smart, yeah, they, right? Like they they try to they convince don't do her that anything like, wrong. Yeah, yeah. They they try to convince her like, oh no no no, there's nothing wrong with you. I've just got to go, or you know. You know, I don't think I don't. You know, you know what I mean. Like they're not like, oh my god, yeah. you're crazy, and then like running off. They're like, yeah, they don't do the stupid thing that nobody would do, where they're like, they piss off the killer or whatever. They they play yeah. it pretty by the books, and they're polite. But you know, Pearl, I guess, is just either she's so far gone, or she's just good at being able to tell that they are lying. That you know, she doesn't care, and she goes after him anyway. Um, of course, the projectionist underestimates her, and you know, you just tell by the way he's acting when he's getting in the car and everything. He did he didn't expect her to just run up on him and stab him in the chest. But Mitzi, I think, had a had a strong feeling, and as soon as she sees her walk out of the house, she's like, "Oh, I gotta I gotta start running and yelling for help because this is not gonna be this is not gonna end well," you know. <laughs> it's you know I I can't criticize. Um, like them, I was like, you know, they move so slow when they're leaving, and like she's like, help! She's looking back, and she's it's kind of like a half run, and then she kind of takes off running, and then she stops. Look, I ain't gonna be a lie to you. Climbing up and st- up and down my stairs in my my townhouse is rough for me, so I can't complain. <laughs> but she, so I, I would just be like, yeah, fuck it, kill me. I don't want to walk up at the stairs anymore. <laughs> yeah, the only reason Mitzi stops is because her heel breaks, which is also which yeah, is also. I like, I think it is a, a little bit better than just the – it still kind of falls into the horror cliche of the girl running away and falling, but at least it's like, oh, well, her heel broke, so that's what made her fall, not, oh, I just tripped over nothing and I you fell said, onto oh. the ground, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this. I would trade places with Misty when – when I'm moving shit into my apartment, which I still haven't got everything out of my room in my my dad's house, um, <clears throat> when I'm moving shit and getting that cleaned up, I'm like, I could really use somebody to kill me right now. I don't want to finish this, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and I got to do that. I got my vacation starting Thursday, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, um, I got to finish that up and be, just be done with it. You know, I can't move everything over here, obviously, but I'm gonna yeah. get a few things. And like I said, Savannah's got everything. I'm like, I'm bringing my poster of Venom. A couple wrestling action figures, and I'm sticking that shit to the wall with thumbtacks. And she's like, "Okay," because she hates wrestling. Everything wrestling, I bring up, she just absolutely hates. And I was telling her about uh, <clears throat> uh, the penis again today, and from Kid Cudi from you know X. I'm like, "Yeah, there's no penis like that in this movie." And she's like, "Okay," and she just kept rolling her eyes. I'm like, "Look, I'm just saying the penis was impressive." She goes, "I know, I saw it. You don't have to keep talking about it." I'm like, "It deserves to be talked about." 
Because to be quite honest with you, if that was mine, I would not wear underwear. I would just allow that motherfucker to just like sit there on my thigh and let every person that saw it just be like, I'm like, yeah, it's real. You know? <laughs> it's just so stupid. But you know, this, um, okay, I, Pearl is, you know, obviously she's crazy and yeah. she's got no emotions. Like, she's a sociopath, I think. Oh, no. Um, she's got emotions. I mean, she's just. Because she's not, yeah, she's a psychopath. Because she's not, she's not emotionless <coughs> or cold-hearted. I mean, she's, she is completely selfish, I mean, and she's she kind of she during this film she she does kind of go through the the whole spectrum of emotions, right? Like there's there's moments where she's happy, she's full of joy. There's moments where she fucked the scarecrow. <laughs> there's um, moments where she's that's part um, of, that's part of the spectrum, right? Fucking scarecrows. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's moments where she's sad or distressed or upset. There's moments where she's or obviously angry. She's, she's you know naked, scared. Naked in the bath in front of her invalid dad. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, I, see, yeah, that is weird. I I, I was gonna say like I, the reason I interpret it is because she can't really talk to her mom about anything. But it's like weird that she is taking a bath in front of her dad. But it's like because obviously she talks she's to like him about. Is she splish splashing with her legs? Like, oh, look at my legs and shit like yes, that. It's yeah. like, she was splish splash. Uh, she was taking a bath. Oh, uh, uh, so Jesus. I wanted to ask you guys about the hmm. the like eight minute oh, monologue geez. that she has toward the end of the film. Where yeah, with the uh, with her step, <clears throat> I guess her her sister in law. Um, yeah, yes. where Mitzi Mitzi tells her to just <laughs> pretend pretend like she's Howard and say exactly what she needs to say and she for the most part for most of that eight minutes she's the only one talking. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I expected is, them to um I'm really glad that they didn't, but I for some reason in my head I expected this to them to cut back on, on Mitzi like with like a shocked ex- I mean they did at the end, which was like warranted but like, I'm mm. glad that they didn't cut away from her during her monologue, you know. Um, oh yeah, it was just—it was a pretty good scene. Oh yeah, it's very yeah. good, and just another reason why it's fucking absurd that the Academy didn't even nominate her for for anything for this movie. Um, well, to be honest with you, I don't know. Like, we talked about I don't this think earlier, but the got Academy a lot of publicity, you know. What? I don't think this movie got a lot of publicity because I mean, it didn't get a lot of advertisement. I saw. So this is. It's it's interesting because to me, I found this out through social media, right? What this movie was, and that's the whole reason I even went back to watch X because I saw people talking about Pearl, and it's like, okay, well, I want to see X first <coughs> before I see Pearl, so I have some context for it. But it's like a lot of people, a lot of people were upset that when they announced the nominees for being you know, best actress for the the Academy Awards that she wasn't nominated and but again it's like Owen and I already talked about you know the Academy hates animated movies and they hate horror movies like yeah if you're if you're not That's a fucking not... four hour biopic about some boring ass politician from 1795 or something then you're not gonna fucking win an Academy <laughs> Award 
Yeah, I guarantee. Family, I guarantee you, and I'm not saying, fan. not not saying that this isn't isn't going to be is isn't going to be a good movie or anything. It is a Christopher Nolan movie and all that, but I guarantee you, fucking Oppenheimer will have all kinds of Academy, <coughs> you know, recognition. I love because the memes a, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know, they they make him like he's like stupid. He's like. Uh oh, I made a big bomb. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Wait, he's like, wait a minute. My bomb kills people? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, you you got to know that that movie's going to have the. It's going to have the. I don't know if he was being interviewed or what, but you know, the whole like. Some people laughed, some people cried, most were silent. Um. And he talks about how like, there's an I am death we, thing. Uh, yeah, we have. I have become. De- I am become death. I am become talking. death destroyer of penises. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's. I and I guess he's referring in, in that in that interview or whatever. He's referring to like the whole team once they first uh, tested the atomic bomb, maybe, and saw what it could do. I'm not sure. Yeah, but. I think it's. I think that was him feeling. I don't know. That's a range of emotions in that moment. Like, you know, I created this powerful thing, but I'm also going to be responsible for like millions of lives being lost because of it and shit. Yeah. I don't remember. So, you know. There's there's context to it within the story, like the Hindu story. I don't really remember, but it's a lot. It's more nuanced than what a lot of people try to make it out to be. Um, I'm sorry, I can't elaborate on it anymore because I don't remember. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I just mean in the way Oppenheimer uses it is that. They realized in that moment that they had created this. I mean, this world, this world-changing weapon, right? Like something that could kill millions of people very easily. And it's like, so in a way, they are death themselves. You know, um, I don't know. It's very, you know, obviously, it's it's an iconic interview or speech or yeah. whatever it's, i am become you know, stinky I'm, pooper pooper of pants <laughs> well it's so iconic just as a small little nod to it the ending for uh noob cybot mortal kombat 11 turns into that monologue where he's like i have become death or some shit like that it's pretty cool um so but you know it's gonna be like, let's not spoil the rest of the Oppenheimer movie okay guys uh, <laughs> yeah we already know what happens at the end Hey, quick question before we like, because obviously we're look people. There's not much plot in this movie. I mean, this movie has a plot, but it's I just mean, a it's a it's a drama. It's a it's a drama until there's lots of blood, um, drama, and a very ridiculous crocodile. Well, the, um, the, just the overall synopsis or whatever is that she is that crocodile wouldn't live fifty years. I don't. How long do alligators live? How long do all right, look, my Google food. Jamie, pull this up. <laughs> it's an talking alligator. To? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the fucking difference? Actual, you, I understand talk- it's uh, one's bigger, one's smaller. Are you talking to an actual <laughs> person? <laughs> no, I'm doing a, a fucking Joe Rogan bit. I was thinking like Howard Stern. Like, hey, why don't you look this up? The average lifespan is of alligators is about fifty years in the wild. However, there have been reports that some live beyond seventy in captivity. No, so, okay. Well, she's basically feeding it. So isn't and isn't alligator like shorter and fatter than a crocodile? 
No, yeah, alligators the, the alligator, crocodiles allig- are fucking huge. Yeah, and crocodiles typically the main difference I think is that they primarily live on land. Um, they don't really stay in the water that much. Alligators if any. pee sitting down, but crocodiles pee standing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I was curious. I was just told, that thing is just so stupid. It's like almost Lake Placid stupid. She's like, come here. I, can't, I think she named it Helda or something I, like I that. Can't. That's the alligator's name. I thought it was, was on Wikipedia. Telda or some shit. Oh, Telda. Telda, come eat this. It's like, oh I love, I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's funny. Um, and she calls for it when she's, <laughs> when she wants to feed her dad to it. Um, so just, I want to no, run she over. She don't feed quick. her dad to it. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. yeah, she does. Okay, yeah, she's there. about to, and then her mom shows up, right, like, and yeah. basically stops it. She um, says, "Are you trying to feed your dad to the alligator again? Come on." What again? did I tell you about oh, that? Mom. Oh, hey, shucks, real mom. Real quick question, because <clears throat> Cody, um. Your movie that you were excited for and then you saw the trailer and wasn't excited for, Renfield, has got good reviews. I don't know how it's doing in the box office. <clears throat> what do you guys think? I don't th- I don't even know if Owen watched the trailer or not, but that trailer I sent you where it's another Dracula movie, but it seems to be more accurate to the original vampire description. Was it the last Actually, I think the- that I think it looks pretty cool. I I will watch it probably when it comes to streaming or something, but I will watch yeah, it. I mean that that movie, I mean, um, I just find it interesting. Like, just they just released Renfield, and then somebody's releasing this Dracula movie. It's both of them from Universal, and this Dracula movie, and it's literally just based on one chapter of the book, which is pretty fucking cool. Because you yeah. hear everything else, you know. Because there has to be a Renfield on this boat to take him somewhere. Because mm-hmm. Renfield had to ride him, ride. I said ride him. <laughs> Renfield had to ride on the boat with him to come to America. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. I like that it's it's gonna look kind of like the Nosferatu look, which you know I'm still looking forward to from Mr. Eggers to do. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I'd rather be doing a vampire movie than this movie. So um, I do I do want to just talk about real quick in uh, overview of who she kills and how she kills them. Right. So mm-hmm. the first person she kills is the projectionist, which we talked about. She falls <coughs> when he's he's no going she kills her mama car. first. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. So she gets in a fight with her mom, and they're kind of like having a slapping match, and she, they start, gra- they start like choking or grabbing each other and like shoving, and she ends up her gown or whatever ends up getting caught on fire from the fireplace, and then uh, Pearl <laughs> Pearl pours a pot of <laughs> she pot her, of corn on pours boiling water on her. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, we, it's kind of like a Three Stooges bit a little bit. <laughs> When, we, when that happens, Stephanie's like, "Yeah, I'm sure that'll that'll feel real good having that boiling water <laughs> on you." <laughs> um, Don't worry, I'll put it out. <laughs> then she she you know she drags her down the stairs or whatever and just like leaves her there. Um, and I do love that there's there's that line before they start fighting, right? Where she's like, she's like, you know, go ahead and and leave, and when you fail, and you will fail. I want you to remember that feeling because that's the same feeling I have every time I look at you. And then no, later on, man, I missed that bit. Yeah, so she says that to her, and then you know the fight happens or whatever. And then later on, when it's after she kills the projectionist, and um, 
I think it's after she kills the projectionist. She goes back into the cellar because her mom is trying to climb up the stairs or crawl up the stairs. And then she like take she knocks her down the stairs or whatever. And she, she looks down and she's like, I want you to remember this feeling because this is the feeling, this is the same feeling I have every time you look at me. And it's just like, you know, the feeling of her mom saying that she feels failure when she looks at Pearl and Pearl saying that she feels pain whenever her mom looks at her. So... Mm. I just thought I thought it was a pretty cool like yeah it's a good little know. character bit yeah um so you're right Lance she kills her mom first uh mama. the next day she kills the projectionist because after she kills her mom wait hold like, on real quick question when did she kill her daddy did she kill her daddy first no no no. no so she kills her mom oh wait she yeah leaves. she was like this is my daddy he's like how deserved yeah 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 and uh then she <laughs> She cleans after she kills a projectionist. <coughs> she cleans up her dad before she goes to the audition. Smothers she puts him. him in a, she yeah, smothers him. She like puts him up in a nice suit and all that, and then she smothers him. She and, wears a uh, mama's gown too. She's like, "Daddy, I don't want to feel guilty for leaving you, so I'm gonna kill you." And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh god. I mean, there's um, some shit in this movie that's fucking hilarious. You know, now I don't think it's intentional. I think it's supposed to be like unnerving, but I I laughed at it in some moments. Like I wasn't laughing, like make fun of it. It was just like it caught me off guard. Like that shit was like, I love you, daddy. You know, it's like, oh my god. And the bird, the bird right behind it. I'm like, she kills this bird. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. Um, Dude, they had a bird in a cage. It was much like how you have birds. So, what's the bird in the cage? and that much song like, from the Smashing Pumpkins. I was about yeah, to say Red Hot Chili Peppers. That'd be funny spy, if I said that. The spot on my ridge. Um, is the bird um, in and, the cage the, meant to symbolize? <coughs> is it meant to Pearl. symbolize Pearl? I think so. No, yeah. I just think it's supposed to be an animal freaking out because it's seeing somebody die. It's going, nah, I think it is supposed to symbolize Pearl because she feels like what she's if, trapped in that farm. I, what um, if it's supposed to symbolize her dad? And that's why we see it when he dies. Oh. All her dad does is movies. He talks like the fucking. He talks like he's the Frankenstein monster. Mm. I swear to God, man, it's there's there's some funny fucking bits in this movie. So and then she has this like talking. Well, no, he what? just makes these noises, and then like when he he strangles, or she's. When she smothers him with a rag, and it's like, man, that must that shit must suck. I mean, just like smother me with some woman's underwear, preferably if that's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, um, if I I find it interesting that when she's during the monologue, she says that <laughs> obviously it's too late to to have this realization now. But after failing uh, the audition, right. She comes to like this grand realization <coughs> about everything she's done. So she realizes that she didn't really want to be with the projectionist. She just thought so at the time because she was lonely. And also she kind of hated Howard for leaving her there when he was supposed to be her ticket away from that place. Mm-hmm. She understands why her mom was as strict as she was because she just wanted some place safe that she could call home. And Pearl couldn't see that until later. 
and then you know she regrets smothering her dad because you know he doesn't she's like he didn't do anything he didn't deserve that you know um and then of course she follows mitzi outside and kills mitzi with an axe <laughs> um, you know, what's really funny to me is um she not she that monologue because <clears throat> I, I mean i listened to it I and mean, i'll be honest with you i kind of got bored with the movie so i was on my phone a little bit researching world war one and you know it took me 45 minutes to read two paragraphs because that's how it works for me but when she was doing the monologue i don't know i mean the wikipedia on the plot it's meant as obviously she's she realizes her mom is right quote unquote but i know that i think when i'm watching it and this isn't me trying to be deep or anything like that when you get in trouble as a kid and your parents expect you to explain what you did just so that you know they know that you know what you did was wrong and you're kind of looking around because you don't quite know, so you're telling them what you think they want to hear, and sometimes it's completely wrong. But as you get older, it is easier to lie to people like that and tell them what you want. That's how addicts get away with it, when people think, like, oh, he's getting over his problem, and they just tell people they want what they want you to hear, like, oh, okay, this is some deep thing. I think that, you know, obviously Pearl, she imp- acts on every fucking impulse she has with the underlying desire to get off the fucking farm. But in that monologue, I don't think it's some deep realization that it's her mom, like her, like her mom is right. I think she's almost like a, a sad kid and just saying what her mom was regurgitating what her mom's told her this entire time. I don't think she I don't, quite comprehends I don't agree. what she's done. Is, <clears throat> and here, here's why. So in, remember when, the context. It's on my theory. It's fine. Okay. The, the context of the monologue is that she's talking to Howard, right? So, and we know from the X, keeper. yeah, the Crypt Keeper, uh, she loves Howard, right? And trusts uh, Howard. Well, she loves completely. everything. Well, and we know from the movie X that Howard, even after coming home from the war and seeing what she's done, and obviously she's likely told him what happened, that. Well, After he had to because he killed his sister. You would think, um, you, you think that they would whatever. expand on that, maybe. But, but sorry, go ahead. Well, well from, in, from taking the context from X, he helps her do these things yeah. for the next he's 50 a cuck. plus years. Because he's a cuck. But he, yeah. he's <laughs> like, oh, baby, there's something about it. You riding that big hog. Uh, oh. Hey, let me tell you this. The next. Pearl, okay. if she if she saw Kid Cuddy's penis, <laughs> she would have left Howard in a heartbeat, and that's why he killed him. Well, you remember, remember, it seems like that he actually helps her um, sleep with various people. Uh, at least after after his heart, he has like develops a heart problem, right? And he mm-hmm. he helps her because they have these people rent out the that extra building or whatever and then you know he helps her get to them because he says something he says something to um kid cuddy's character before he shoots him about how like he's sick of them coming around all these people coming around uh tempting my wife making my wife horny tempting my wife and all that so 
which I think he actually calls them both. Like, he calls the guy that's tied up in the basement next a bohemian. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think that the monologue isn't really that she's lying to Mitzi. I think, or like trying to like no, get I, out, get out of get out of being in trouble like you would with a parent. I think it is truly like she she's so far off her rocker at this <laughs> point that she has truly like fallen into this this feeling of oh I'm speaking to Howard and I'm confessing everything because you know she trusts him. Um, and then she realizes afterward that she's just told. I think it's like she realizes that oh she's just confessed everything to Mitzi and instead of taking that chance of Mitzi going and telling somebody that she kills her. so Well, no, remember they said that when she didn't get the part, they were looking for somebody younger, more blonde, yeah, she, she, more, she gets more, mad. more American. So she thinks it's Misty. Well, she convinces Mitzi to admit that it's her, and yeah. that gives her the expo- like the reason to go kill. You know? Yeah, so you're is right. Mitzi, yeah. Is Mitzi her sister-in-law through Howard, or is – like Howard and her, like is she married to Howard's brother or something? I wonder. No, 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 no. She, she's Howard's she is Howard's sister. sister. Yeah. Okay. I could. I didn't. She. She says something. So he she would have to be okay with it. She says something along the uh, some point about like you know Mama wasn't happy when Howard came to you know go work on a farm and then he went to the war you know anything to to you know spite his daddy or whatever. Um. So they. That yeah, that that kind of confirms that it's <laughs> he w- his he went sister. to the war. He wore women's dresses. He was just trying to spite daddy. Um, <laughs> they said, you know what's they funny? Called back. He said, "Daddy, would you like some sausages?" Uh, <laughs> what? <No way. laughs> when um, when sorry, I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. Uh, when she starts uh, dancing, will throw everybody off. <laughs> when she when she started dancing, I I thought it was really funny. Um. Like I thought her dancing sucked at first. <laughs> oh yeah. It did it did kinda suck. And then I think whenever yeah. whenever like it opens up and it makes it look like she's actually part of a show, it, it gets a lot better. But I wonder if it's supposed to just kind of like convey that that's how she sees herself in this fantasy of her dancing and if maybe it actually mm-hmm. isn't maybe it's just as bad as it was in the beginning. Um which it wouldn't have mattered. I guess it wouldn't matter how good her dancing was because, like they said, they wanted someone blonde and blue-eyed or whatever, or blonde and younger, yeah. like me. So they want somebody that's preferably a Nazi. So, <laughs> um, but American so, as well. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to ask you all if you all thought that Mitzi actually got the part and was trying to lie to Pearl to not upset her or if if Pearl just convinced her like oh like Lance said uh like kind of well, I'm not basically gonna lie to you guys. I read that on Wikipedia <laughs> oh god to me it came but when off I watched like, it I didn't I, I didn't it didn't come across to me as she was like yeah Missy got it I don't think because you didn't stick around for yeah no, see. yeah I feel like yeah I feel like she just convinced her that she like, not convinced watching, her but watching Mitzi run off proved to me that she couldn't dance anyway so i don't i don't really don't think before she got her head cut off i don't think she could dance because she's got no rhythm whatsoever and she uh got fed to the alligator 
that was so, so funny. It was so funny seeing her body get chopped up because it looked like a rubber doll. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't really have anything else to to say about this movie. I think Owen, Owen and I already talked about the credits, right? Where she's like smiling and then okay. like trying to yeah. hold it together sent, and all that. I sent um, Cody and Ellen a text yesterday when I watched the credits to this. It reminded me of a show called Police Squad. A police squad ran for six episodes in 1982, and is the basis of the Naked Gun movies, and because it just didn't work in TV format. But everything in the credits of that show, something goofy happens. Like there's an ever <laughs> there's a thing where it's a freeze frame, and Frank and uh, his partner laugh, but they have to keep their mouth open, and you see them as it's going through the entire credits. They're like their mouths are getting tired, and they're like trying to keep it open the other guy starts blinking real heavy like he's tired and shit and it's supposed to be freeze frame but it's not and that's what it reminded me when i watched this shit i cracked up watching the the credits so because i was thinking like is this thing gonna last the entire time and it only lasted like halfway through the credits but it was pretty impressive i think she did a pretty good job um (laughs) there's a couple of callbacks in this movie to uh the old the last movie like um when she's like walking out from the theater uh there's a guy with like a sandwich board like sign on him and it says like we won't accept a life that we don't deserve or something like that whatever the slogan is from the first oh yeah movie. that that's yeah the preacher keeps saying that or no 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 that's what um that's what maxine said <laughs> yeah I will, I will not accept a life i don't deserve he will not divide us. Um, and then that other thing that Lance said earlier, um, that was supposed to be a callback, but I don't remember what he said. Ooh, that part. Uh, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Don't worry. I don't know like what the fuck I was talking about. Now maybe that it was Ellen's Cody that it. said it. I don't know. Uh, oh. Oh Lord! Yeah, so there's there there's the projectionist called himself a bohemian, and that's what Howard described the, oh, the yeah. dead guy down in the basement. Um, there you go. That's the callback. That's the audition. Oh, there, there's another callback. The audition judges say that they're looking for someone blonde, and in the movie X, Pearl says she doesn't like blondes. Um. Oh yeah. Nice. What that about I, Yeah. The, um, the, real quick, the, the car that's in the swamp in X, that isn't the same car as the car she just dumped in this movie, is it? Mm, no, no, no. So. The car the car that's in the lake in X is like it's more modern for the time. I think it's okay. probably the Bohe- Bohemian's <clears throat> car. Um there's There's a few other references here. I just want to run through them real quick just because I think they're interesting now that they got brought up. Uh, There's two callbacks specifically to Psycho and Wizard of Oz. Um, The car getting dumped in the pond. Um, 
you know is is similar the is similar to the car being dumped in Psycho with the you know mm-hmm. uh, where Norman hides all the bodies in their cars and yeah shop. yeah Wizard of Oz supposedly Pearl riding her bike looks like a shot of the Wicked Witch of the West riding her broom um, um yeah some someone said that Mitzi saying break a leg to Pearl could be like a nod to Pearl breaking her hip and X although that's a little bit. I don't know, because, you know. Um, Pearl mix, Pearl milks the cow in the barn, which is also the same space where Maxine is, quote-unquote, milking a cow when they're filming the porno in X. Um, <laughs> Pearl, Pearl says, the whole world is going to know my name, which Maxine says the same line in X. Um Yeah, so, and on, on top of the whole, like, I don't like blondes line, both blondes in, the blondes in both movies end up being eaten by the alligator. Gator. So. Gator. In Florida gators. Gator country. So, so, is there anything else about this film that you all would like to discuss before we wrap it uh. up here? Wrap it up and tap it up. No. Okay. What about you, Owen? Yeah. I had to nothing. think about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't, that's, I don't really know. It's like, fuck. No. That's it for me, buddies. <clears throat> okay. So I have a feeling I know what the answers are going to be for this, but Lance, would you recommend Pearl? Mm. <sighs> I don't think Pearl is a terribly made movie I think it's a very well done made movie I don't think it speaks to me and I think I'm a pretty decent barometer of a general public moron so for the general public I'd have to say no if you like artsy fartsy movies I'd say yes if you like horror movies and want a a more classy horror movie that is not just tits and people getting killed I would recommend it, but for the general public, it's okay. It's just not worth it. I mean, the first kill doesn't happen until 50 minutes into an hour, 45-minute movie. You got a problem, in my opinion. So, so no. I would say no, generally, but if it's a one-time watch, I'd get... I, I, I suggest anybody to watch it one-time watch. This isn't Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for me. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I would say uh, one-time watch, yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, w- I won't ever watch this movie again. I have no desire to watch it. I don't have a desire to watch Maxine with the three X's in it. <clears throat> okay. What about you, Owen? Uh, yeah, I recommend it. I think it's a pretty fun watch. Um, I uh, thought it was a nice little drama, and I think, um, you know, it was it was just interesting to watch and see how this character um, kind of has a mind break and there's okay. some clever things it did, you know, with regards to, you know, the era and, uh, you know, the colors and the kind of the cinematography and callbacks. I think it's fun. All right. And, uh, yeah, I would also recommend the film. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, this is my favorite horror movie from 2022. So definitely would recommend it. Um, all right. So that's it for Pearl. Uh, we'll, 
go over real quick what we're doing next. So Lance, uh, your next um, move, you're next on the list. The, yes, uh, the movie. I am. I'm fully prepared for Cody to hate this movie coming up, which is fine with me. I think Owen's going to enjoy it. It's just a fun, like, '80s B movie, military movie with Clint Eastwood with a bunch of humor in it. And uh, it's called Heartbreak Ridge. And this was my uh, my gateway movie to liking Clint Eastwood movies because before this, I had just watched Good and the Bad and the Ugly and a couple other westerns and military movies. And I was just bored as fuck. I watched this one when I was like 10 years old. I'm like, okay, he can be funny, and I enjoy this. So I started watching all of his movies since then. But, yeah, so it's Heartbreak Ridge. What about Fartbreak Fartbreak Ridge? (laughs) How about Hacksaw Ridge? (laughs) How about Hacksaw Jim Duggan, people? Ho! What about you, Owen? My movie? I haven't picked yet. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, he's, he's giving you opportunity to pick now, Owen. I don't want to pick no. Three years into the podcast, he's like, no, okay. He's like three years into, he's like, no, Owen. I know, Cody. I'm not ready yet. It's like, dude, we've been doing this for three years. Never. All right. I watched. Um, I think. I, oh, go ahead. I, I watched um, American Psycho a while back, and I thought it was pretty good. Maybe I can. Oh, yeah. Pick that. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad little movie. I think it's funny that the, the DVD cover art is obviously a um, a take on the Norman Bates psycho. like Because yeah. he looks like, in that, and he doesn't look like him at all and never holds a butcher knife at all, but on the cover of the poster and the DVD, he's holding a butcher knife and his hair is combed. Specifically, look like Anthony Perkins is Norman Bates. It's kind of funny. <clears throat> all right, so Norman I guess Bates. that is a... We'll get a confirmation on the next episode for that, um, and I think I'm, I, I think my last like five or six choices have all been horror or like horror adjacent. So I think I'm going to pivot away from that for my next. No, no Disney film. movies. No Disney movies. No Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It's a Disney movie. <laughs> uh, I think. We are going to do our first ever animated movie on this show. Um, Jesus Christ, it's Hercules. <laughs> it is Hercules, the Disney is it animated for real? movie. Yeah, that is exactly I what that? I was going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to have fun <laughs> watching that movie again because I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> but it's going to be really funny to see the, the inaccuracies of the mythology of Greek mythology with it because like Hera is Hercules' mother I'm like that's not how that works and all this <laughs> other shit and it's like it's like the Titans when you see them at the end of the movie I'm like I think one of those is supposed to be Zeus's dad why aren't they talking about this when I watched it in like fourth grade I'm like it's just stupid but, and I thought it was funny and uh, James Woods is pretty good as uh, Hades in that movie yeah I gr- growing up Hercules was I think Hercules was my favorite Disney animated movie growing up. So, um, Hercules. Follow closely. I, th- I think it's hilarious that I called that. Like, yeah, I, so, I was just joking around. You're like, I'm going to pivot. I'm like, please don't be Disney because I thought you were going to pick a comedy. Like, don't be Disney. Yeah. You're like, it is a Disney movie. I'm like, don't be Hercules. We're watching Hercules. We should watch. Where have you been, Owen? I was spacing out. 
Sorry. <laughs> yes, my like next movie is Hercules. the last minute, he's like, Hercules. we're doing Hercules. <laughs> I literally was having like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically like I had several choices floating around in my head. I, I did think of doing another horror movie, so like I thought of maybe doing It or um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space because, you know, that'd be a little bit lighter. <laughs> but... And then I thought, well, maybe I'll go back and do Mars Attacks, like I, I said I was going to do several months ago at this point. And um, I did, I did think about <coughs> Dumb and Dumber. I thought about Dumb and Dumber as well, but I was like, you know what? I've been also thinking about doing Hercules for a while now, and I just been waiting because we haven't done an animated movie yet, and uh, I just wasn't sure if that was the first one, because um, I figured if anyone was going to pick an animated movie, it's probably going to be me. Uh, and I just didn't know if oh, that man, was. Oh man, hey, look, I've, I've, I've actually like, I want to suggest one of these like Mortal Kombat animated movies that's come out in the last couple of years. I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. they're gonna laugh at me, think it's stupid. I ain't gonna do it now. Cody's like, we're gonna do Hercules. I'm like, motherfucker, all gloves are off now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I said, honey, that's... you mean Hercules? Here's the thing, you know, like, go ahead, Cody. I'm sorry. The soundtrack in Hercules is just fucking awesome i love the soundtrack <laughs> there's a every time i think of hercules i think of um you, you guys don't know who the nostalgia critic is but um yeah i do he's a little bald guy he's got uh, really bad opinions yeah there you go um but he did a review uh back in the day that i watched on hercules and like his only like big criticism was like he was like why does it look like las vegas why does ancient Greek look like Vegas? <laughs> it's a fucking it's Disney movie. Who cares? Well, man, but didn't like Las Vegas kind of like base a lot of their stuff off like the Greek? I don't look know of shit. I mean, no, they have, I mean, like, they have like, pyramids, pyramids, but yeah, but they I think it's like you know, is it like one of their big hotels like the Caesar? Yeah, but that's Rome. Or some shit like that. But I can yeah, see I where, like, you know, as a, you know, like, it's a musical. So, it's like a, I don't know. I think it's just supposed to be, like, a Las Vegas-style musical kind of style. Yeah, plus, like, Her- Hercules has a bunch of, like, a lot of, like, references to, like, the modern era anyway. Um, and it, like, shows <coughs> whenever he becomes, like, famous and everything, they make shoes. Um, and they're they're called, like, the Air Hercs or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, so it it, look like, like Vegas. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. We're done. Uh, I guess uh, we'll be closing shop here for the night, and then uh, we'll rustle up the gang again so we can do Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, I'm, all, uh, so. I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking for my wife. Uh, I'm uh, a lot of cum. That's a huge hog. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. yeah, goodbye everybody uh, watch Dragon Ball GT and have a good night peace Next out motherfuckers time. oh Dragon Ball GT